live from the apocalypse, drinking the radiant hues of this life. This is state of the game. <laughs> I am your hostile apostle. This is Dan O. Uh, live from Maine. I'm wearing a hat my wife bought me so the hunters wouldn't shoot me. And it has been 100% effective. There's a hole in it, but it's not, not a, that's not a gun hole. It's just wear and tear. So I am lucky enough, my co-host every week, every Lakeith Stanfield character rolled into one. Absolutely. Kay Diggy, thank you for joining me here. How's your bracket? Are you confident in your bracket? Uh, I didn't, I didn't make it, I'm never confident in my bracket. We, we were just messing around. We did it completely by chance, by random. So we'll see how it turns out. People, people who are confident in their bracket never know what's coming. Right. Yeah, that's what it is. I am lucky. We are lucky enough today. Why not? March Madness is here. Descend into the purple background. My guest made me laugh like Santa Claus. I held my stomach and <laughs> laughed. My guest called, said, declared as the Laotian Beyonce in the middle of a rhyme. And I was unprepared. I was wild. <laughs> I was laughing like Santa Claus. Old great God has joined us. Um, to talk about hey. the wonderful world of Grape God. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I can't, I cannot complain today. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, trying to stay busy. Or, you know, actually probably trying to stay less busy. <laughs> you got to balance the busy. It's all, you got to yeah. balance. Sometimes yeah. you got to, just got to lay out and recover, you know, recharge. Yeah. You know, the, uh, yeah, especially since, you're kind of in your own business. Uh, as you declare on home, sick, uh, your new album, this is not, you know, you're, you're living by the art. And so you need to like take time to recharge or you'll have nothing left. So. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, definitely in a, in a place of bouncy. Cause you know, if I do every, I do everything out of my house and in this room, that extra room that I, I use as a studio, and uh, so I can't, I'm never, I'm just here all the time. <laughs> it's hard. You got to give yourself breaks. You got to give yourself breaks. Yeah. Uh, no, that's, that's interesting. And so I, right off the bat, I got to shout out Blood Money Perez, to be quite honest. Like yeah. years ago, I got a chance to interview Blood Money Perez. We we're talking about all the places he had lived, all the people he had encountered. And uh, just a very, we were both very excited to just talk about rap music, you know? Uh, and he was like, oh, Grape God is shit. Like, you need to check, oh, Grape God. Uh, and I was like, all right, that passion is noted. Like, I'm going to keep my eyes on this, you know? Uh, and I just kept my eyes on it. And this release is the one that I'm like, this is it. This is my shit. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, so this is, I have this theory that like albums will open doors for like for everyone to understand how you really are. Yeah. Like kind of blue isn't Miles Davis' best album. It's the key to the door. Yeah. For a lot of people to understand that stuff. Um, and sometimes, and for me, this is that album for you. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, this is, uh, this album, I definitely felt like I started to really kind of feel more confident in my producing for myself um, and just like hitting that stride, especially. And then also with, with uh, you know, just being able to get my ideas out, finally starting to really feel like I'm starting to sound like myself or what I want to sound like, you know? Um, so what do you yeah, want to sound like? Um, I just want to sound like, me in a in something that I, that I that I haven't sounded like before so it's going to be just constantly changing so every project I'm just really trying to to make something new every time I make a song so I don't um 
it, I just want to, I want to be ever changing, I suppose, you know, mm. or constantly mm-hmm. evolving, you know, I, I don't want it to ever feel like the sound is too like buried in any style. But mm. um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think producing for myself is, has made it easier to kind of like figure out what that looks like. Is it fair to say that like what you're doing is surrealism? Would that be a fair moniker or is that, is that unfair? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it, there definitely is like, like this, the, the, the homesick album, I probably talk, tell the most like straightforward stories about personal life in it compared to other records where I would previously be more coded. And so that was kind of going to be like a subtle um, kind of evolution in my storytelling to incre- include those, you know, specific moments. But then every everything always has elements of like absurdity. So yeah, I guess it does mm. classify as surrealism to that degree. Yeah, good. I was gonna say, yeah, can you give like a little background of Homesick? Like how did this, how did this album like come to be? Um, This project, uh, it was kind of the evolution of this first collection of like self-produced projects that I started doing since the pandemic started. Um, So like Isolation was the first one and then uh, I did Cathartitis, and then uh, Fourth Wall Broke Me, and then Defenseless, and then uh, Homesick. So it went through this cycle of starting out, you know, where you're forced to be isolated, forced to be with yourself, you know, and then that leads to Cathartitis, which is, you know, that was about, uh, you know, exhausting yourself and trying to express yourself and trying to have all these cathartic experiences over and over and over again but not really digging not really getting scraping it all up each time so it's just that exhaustion from constantly trying to work this shit out Mm -hmm. and then that moved on to uh fourth wall broke me which was the relation of how you see yourself in relation to your community and then what it looks like uh what the outside looks like from inside so like the way that community changed since we've been isolated and then so that led to uh you know so fourth wall brokenness about that that was about walls and barriers and the perception of things that you know now seem more real the more disconnected we are and then so bringing it after fourth wall broke me then it's coming back home to homesick and then it's about creating the world and the life that you want for yourself uh, aside from all these other distractions that is usually what people are talking about in you know their stories about their life and stuff is all the other distractions and this is bringing it back to like your home being yourself your body you know so awesome yeah Okay, what did you think when you listened to it? I was excited to have you hear this. Man, I, I gotta be honest, like it was really, it was really hard to wrap my head around it, but like in a, in a good way. Like it, it, it gave me like the last album that I kind of felt like that about was uh, MIA's Kala back in 2007. Okay. But, but this is a little bit more, I, yeah, I mean, this is even more like that. Like, I, I just, it was very hard for me to wrap my head around it. And, and awesome. in a good way, it's very challenging, I, w- I would say. Yeah, I mean, I, that's good. I don't, especially <laughs> for somebody who, you know, who hasn't listened to much of my stuff before, you know, you'd want, I'd, I'd want you to fucking not get it right away. Or, or you know, maybe something's interesting about it. That's right. Oh, no, no. I, I mean, it absolutely is interesting. It's just, when you're so used to listening, I mean, particularly all the music that's come out this year, I mean, there hasn't really been, I mean, um, of course it's only March, but there hasn't really been anything that's like been really experimental or out of out of the box, I would say. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, everything is kind of, everything, there's some things that are kind of stretching the box, but 
everything I've heard relatively this year has been within that box type of thing. Uh, but but this project is kind of it's like it's really it's really out there, and it's really it was difficult for me to wrap my head around it and my musical ear around it as well. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's I mean you you like you get that I mean that that's why I had a draft K okay, where I did like a Bandcamp Day draft. Mm -hmm. of what i was gonna buy and i think i had this number one because it's four dollars 44 cents uh yeah. man camp and you just can't get this anywhere else man this is like the ice cream Ooh. that's only sold at that place and so you keep going to that place you're just like you know i can't uh, absolutely else, man. benny the butcher's not giving this to me like no um and I, I actually had like, cause I wrote down a question and I'd like to ask uh, Old Grape Gun. So if you had to use three words to describe this album, like what would, what, what would those three words be? Um, three words, that's interesting. Uh, three words. Yeah. Um, Anti-disestablishmentarianism, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, <laughs> and uh, you know me. Love it. I've got three. I've got three. If you want to hear my three, yeah. Wise, loose, and danceable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I you know it's I fuck man like it's. That's a hard ass question, like three three words, you know, because uh, mm -hmm. you know the way that I write and everything is fucking how to do the most <laughs> in the least amount of time. It feels right, like right, that's fair. Uh, yeah. So yeah, but um, yeah, I think that it was trying to, you know, I was trying to have house music literally to tie into the concept, you know, to be. And a play on home so i was like you can't have a record call without some house music in it so wow that's awesome that's awesome i i mean i i, I have a of the reason i brought up surrealism okay and i was gonna get float this by you here um <laughs> i was thinking about it when i first learned what surrealism was it was looking at like renee magritte stills in art class right <laughs> and it was stuff like this because it, the the surreal nature of it is that a train is coming out of the chimney right but mm -hmm. the chimney and the train are both drawn perfectly clean and clearly right yeah understand this is there's the clock there's the house there's the chimney and there's a train for some reason the the clarity of it makes it even more surreal, right? Mm, yeah. And that's to me, that's what's happening in this album. Uh, yeah. In terms of the surreal nature of it, like there's a there's a song where you're like, you know, I don't want to drink the juice if it doesn't have bugs in it, like, uh, <laughs> and that's like some that's some wild shit to hear out of nowhere, right? Uh, but this album is grounded by real shit there's so much real shit on this album absolutely yeah. yeah see and that and that's why it was hard to wrap my head around it because you said like I said uh, there's so much real shit in it but at the same time there's that surreal aspect to it like i think of connecting like uh mm. song five connecting which that was my favorite on the on the album and yeah. you know connecting is such like a you know, particularly in the time we're in that, I mean, that's such a relevant thing, a relevant theme and relevant topic, but at the same time, like behind that topic, behind what you're rapping about, like there's this music that's so, and I guess surreal would be the right, right word to put it. I mean, it's yeah. clean house music. It, yeah. It's very clean and crisp house music, but on top of it, he's saying, what is time if not a constraint? What is space if it ain't shared? Like, holy shit. It's the juxtaposition, you know? yeah. yeah. Rampant, yeah. thoughtful juxtaposition. I yes. think that's what makes this album super interesting. 
Yeah, it's, you know, it's about the questions and stuff. And yeah, connecting is probably, it was, that was like the last track that I made for the project. Uh, oh. And it was, uh, yeah, it was one of those things where like the hook thing I just thought of, like, you know, I was in the shower and I fucking like stopped the shower and hopped out. I was like, I fucking better be recording. <laughs> That's awesome. So, you know, that, and then it came together and I was like, fuck, I got to do the dial up sounds in there and shit. Yep. Oh my and, God. Uh, and then, you know, it just, one of those concepts that just like, work together so well and then i was like oh fuck and then i put the 1-800 collect stamp with the fucking end you know it, it, it all works out <laughs> yeah that's great no that's great and so it's um yeah no i mean incomprehensible uh, you either keep learning or start to forget a lot of great lines in this man and and it's not just it's not just like life lesson shit. There is a lot of life lesson shit. There is a lot of real heartfelt shit, but there's also crazy punchlines in here. Great. Mm-hmm. Who's the boss actor? Who's the boss actor? Uh, amazing. You know, there's so much going on in the lines that I, he's. Greg God said it. There's, you get a lot in a short amount of time. If yeah, two minutes and twenty one seconds. You're gonna get a lot in that two minutes. Yeah, I mean, like for me, like writing has always been what's driven everything from the beginning and been most important thing to me was like, you know, I'm, I would just write separate from making these, you know, producing and stuff. And then as time went on, I needed to produce myself and figure out ways to make it work for my writing more. But like, it's always like, however experimental the production is, like, the writing is still always has to be solid for me. And that's like the most important thing, you know, but now it's tight. Cause I can do, you know, I feel like I can fucking throw any type of beats and if the writing's good, then yeah. it'll, you'll give it a chance, you know? What, why did you feel the need to produce for yourself? Like what is the difference between someone else producing or like, what have you found is the difference between someone else producing for you and you producing your own song? Um, it's just easier because I can't, like, I'm collaborating with a bunch of other people. So there's always like, I like I have four other collaboration projects that are coming out this year. And so like, I'm always just like have the songs that I don't think any of my homies want to get on. And those (laughs) end up being the ones that are like my solo ones or the ones that are more personal to me. And Mm -hmm. to the old grave God, like storyline, whatever. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, I'm not exclusively producing for myself, but doing these, like, if I'm going to do a project where I'm rapping on it now, like, it's just, I can make it more cinematic in my world of just how, how I see see things if I'm forced to, you know, do everything, uh, in for like to make the whole project, because, you know, I collaborate with a bunch of other people and everyone has their own styles and ways they look at it but you know a lot of what has you know helped me progress as an artist is just fucking trying to figure out how to make what I have in my head work out and yeah. you know, keeping that rolling and just trying to keep learning in the process so that I'm not relying on anybody to like say how I feel you know yeah no that's great I mean so and it seems like you just want to be able to capture what you want, what your vision is when you have the vision. Um, and being able to produce your own stuff enables that a little quicker. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not very like, I'm not naturally very musical or like, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm just, I'm not a great, like, uh, like I can't write chord progressions and shit like that, but I can at least make, you know, my type of beats and make it work, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's just kind of where it is. I'm just like, I'm learning how to be a better producer to be able to keep up with the pace at which like that I'm writing songs and needing to get stuff out because that's the thing. Like I've worked with other producers and things in, in times and it's, it's great for creative collaboration. And I've worked with so many producers that are way better at producing than me. But at the end of the day, I have to fucking figure out how to make, how to do it by myself so that when I reach out to work with other people, I know exactly 
what, you know, how to best, you know, collaborate if I mm. know what I'm doing. Mm. I, you, you mentioned the old great God story it was in, in your response. What, what did you mean by that? Uh, there's just like, you know, I guess in my, the surreal world of, you know, there's different characters and things that I've mentioned that are, you know, only exist in, in the songs. And there's like themes, like every throughout, other than like the mixtape projects, like all the old, all the Grape Crab projects, like they all flow together thematically. And uh, there's just like, there's a certain style, I guess, that is for all the ones that are in my sequential run of albums that are like different from the collaboration projects. Because most of the collab albums are usually just, it's pretty much just rapping with other people, you know? Right. It's not as concept based, I guess. Yup. No, it's, uh, and, and we, one of the things that we talked to, to Kay about is that doing art on a basic level is, is a bit embarrassing right it's just something that people a lot of people don't do and when you do you open yourself up to a level of vulnerability i think there's probably an additional level of that for most people when you're dealing with left field content yeah when you're going up there and you're like there's nothing that sounds like me that came before me on this stage these people aren't going to know what's going on. Like yeah. that, that can be something that, uh, that you have to overcome. Uh, when I, when I did the spoken word poetry thing, I enjoyed that. I was like, ha ha, this will be funny. Like, yeah. um, so I don't know. I don't know where, how did it, how long did it take you to get comfortable being like, this is me and this is what I do. And it's not going to be like what you expect. I mean, I didn't start like recording any rapping until I was 22. So I kind of started late. I was just like writing poems and shit. And then a homie that I used to sell weed to at a studio and he was like, you should record some of your spoken word over my like ambient shit. And I was like, all right. And I was like, I'm pretty much close enough to rapping. I should try to do it, you know? <laughs> and then because I my style was, was different and I just fucking would say whatever I wanted to say, you know? based off of what I was writing that day. Cause I would just fill up my sketchbook while I was like at work or, you know, doing whatever. And then I'd come there and I just would just try out poems over fucking ambient shit. So uh, the, I wouldn't be, I would have never fucking put out 34 projects if I was insecure about like, you know, approval because it's right. just kind of uh, at a thing where it's just in, waiting for fucking enough people with open minds and ears to like see it and you know it's like the number of projects that i've put out since like like dano like you've ralph probably first told you about me yep. is like at least i what 20 i i don't know so uh it's just like i have to just keep trying to you know part of continuing to put this shit out is like finding people that are willing to go back and listen to the older stuff because they heard the newer and they can kind of you know it takes a while to to really connect you know when you you see a name floating around for i that happens all the time for years and all the time. don't actually listen to them and they're like oh right this is why several people have told me to listen to this person you know like that's that's it was like that with like uh with uh rap ferreira you know, right, right. People were telling me to listen to him for a long time. And then I finally was like, okay, I'm going to dive in. Like, because I had heard songs randomly and stuff, but I just, you know, had it really. And also because anytime people say that my shit sounds like anybody else, I'm usually right. kind of weary to listen to it because I don't want to get influenced or like whatever subconsciously absorb it. And so I didn't listen to it for a while. And then I had a homie make me a playlist of his stuff. And then I, you know, dove into that it hit me at the right time and I fucked with it and then I reached out to him and he you know that's cool he responded well to it and he he dug my shit too and I was like okay cool so we I didn't fucking <laughs> fuck up the timing there where I got you know too influenced right. but I was able to reach out and so it's like you know and then I'm like 
yeah, okay, cool. Now I'm in a place where I can fuck with other people that are, you know, are similar approaches or whatever, but do different things differently and it's it's tight. So I, I don't know. It's just like fucking nothing to lose by doing any of this shit, you know what I mean? I'm not <laughs> but that but that sounds like a key part of your story, right? That like you weren't coming from a community that pressured you to fit any mold, right? You were you were writing poetry on your own and then you got a relationship with the music and made what you did interact with the music and you built that relationship with you and some friends and but it wasn't no one was like you should do this or you should change this and be more like this person you had a relationship with your poetry and the music right does that make sense yeah i mean yeah and i've always been a painter and like visual artist first so like uh it like I don't know people that that know me and stuff I've never tried to really do anything I just don't know how to fucking like I'm not I'm terrible actor don't know how to bite or rip people off I just I don't know like I physically just I can't do it so I've always just fucking just whatever the shit that take the inspiration I like try to do whatever I can with stuff that just sounds good to me and I always wanted to not sound like fucking anything else that I heard, but it's part of it's just, I'm not, I don't always, I don't have the best rhythm, breath control. There's all sorts of things that I'm not good at from a fucking technical standpoint, <laughs> but my like creativity is, you know, is what pushes it. So yeah. that's kind of what makes it fun, I guess. Oh, you say, what are, what do you feel like you're good at? What do you feel like your strengths are? Um, I think I'm good at putting uh, emotion and like performance into, into my verses. And I think the writing is, uh, is, is, uh, is its own shit. So that's, I think those are the strengths. I mean, like, I can't necessarily emulate melodies or like specific like rhyme patterns. Um, I just, I don't like, <laughs> I don't like anything that seems to like line up too much with what I've heard before, you know? And it's the tightest thing is when you find an artist that existed before you or in a different realm that like you never heard of them before, but they made some shit that sounds like some shit that you made recently that's like that's always tight to me when i'm like when there can be you know similar paths that don't necessarily overlap so there's not the influence and we each came to similar conclusions that type of thing is cool and i think that that really only comes from like a lot of experimentation and that's ultimately just like experimenting with the inspiration i have and then trying to make something that i haven't heard but you know there's probably somewhere else somewhere in the world making something that sounds like it to some degree, you know? Yeah, I, I think, to add on, I think maybe your strength definitely is conceptualizing, right? Yeah. And like making sure the concept gets teased out, but not overdone and making sure that it's consistent. Um, the song I was thinking of, and I don't know why this one's what pops in my head, but Jerk. Um, yeah. Jerk is a really, is a fun song it's a concept that makes sense. It's a great song to build off of. Uh, you don't overdo it or overstretch it, but you're like, boom, here it is. Yeah, that was a freestyle uh, nope. that ended up being an album song. Mm. Yep. Yep. But, you know, there's it's just got to be fun. That's like, that's right. a big part of it is like, I don't want every song on the album to sound the same. I don't want i don't want anything to be predictable i don't want you to like you know not feel one song then you click to the next song like oh this sounds exactly like the fucking song i didn't like that was a song before that you know Ooh. and i think a lot of people are fucking really lazy in expanding their box to really actually illustrate uh their own world it's always in the same settings the same scores the same backdrop the same <laughs> scenes all the time and people saying things slightly different but i really want people to come into to my world you know and yep. and you know i'm a visual artist i see like i you know i see music very like 
visually. And so, uh, you know, there's weird things. Not everything in life is like musical and melodic and harmonious. You know, it's like right. a lot of shit is noise. And, and so that's why a lot of, a lot of shit, like, a, you know, there'd be songs that are a little bit jarring because it's fucking, that's just, that's part of life. And I, I, I want to be able to talk about every emotion and every type of thing that we go through in life and not just the good times or the fucking fake sad times. Like, it's <laughs> you know, it's complicated. Like, nobody's sincere when they're talking about how happy they are on songs anymore. Nobody's sincere when they're talking about how sad they are. It's all superficial right. bullshit all the time. How right. tough they are. Superficial bullshit all the time. And nobody says anything personal enough that, you know, and it's just, I get it from a consumer standpoint. It's easier to process when it's a singular emotion and, you know, familiar context. But I, the, I, I would serve no purpose trying to do anything differently than what I'm doing. Like, you know, mm. in the grand scheme of music world, like they don't need me in any other department, you know? Yeah, it's, I mean, and, and I, I was thinking about this, uh, the, one of the points you brought up, which is there's been a run of like podcast hosts being shitty to guests, like just, and being like mean to guests or whatever. And the first reaction that people have is like, they're doing it for the attention. You know, they're yeah, trying yeah, to, yeah. it's blown up for the attention. I'm like, I, I actually think this person's kind of lost the joy in what they do. Yeah. They've done it so much. They've forgotten that it's fun. Right. Mm -hmm. That like, you're supposed to have fun talking to people and learning from them. And instead you're yelling at somebody for having side chatter. Like it's just not, yeah. you're not in the moment like you should be. Yeah. And, and so that's, and that happens with rappers too, where you hear rappers that are frustrated and they sound frustrated. And it's because they dropped the same kind of album several times. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, there, there's a certain point where you, I mean, it's, you constantly, as ours, you constantly have to be checking yourself on like, Am I doing this from a branding standpoint or am I doing this as a, from a creative standpoint? Is this feeding my soul or is this feeding my stomach? Like, which, what are these things? How much am I willing to sacrifice in either direction? Because it's really easy to start sliding away where you're like, you got one thing that works. They want you to redo that fucking 30 times until, you know, you can't, but like, I'm putting out all my own shit. I'm fucking... I take responsibility for how shitty the mixes sound if like, you know, if I'm mixing it myself. So there's nobody forcing me to do any of this shit. There's nobody, you know, it's very much like I could go get a job if I fucking wanted to, but I will do whatever I can to fucking keep doing this shit. So, you know, it's sad that there's people that get opportunities from their success and then stop growing as people because that's not everybody there's plenty of artists that you're like oh shit i didn't think that they would have this long of careers after their first shit you know um and so everyone's got different timelines and stuff but you know I, it fucking it's too bad that there aren't real conversations when there's the opportunity to do so you're gonna have fucking sit there with somebody for an hour and say nothing you know of value between not learn anything what the fuck is the point like this isn't a press run you know <laughs> right right no the branding the branding part of your brain needs to work for the creative part of your brain yeah right if yeah. like when people got obsessed with branding they were like branding out front you're like no branding works for the vision like yeah. if if that's not how you're doing it you're just gonna have trouble later on um, yeah, yeah I, I had a question because you mentioned you mentioned world building and I Dan and I we, we've had shows where we've talked a lot about sequencing for albums as well like I so this is like a two-part question so one like first the first question is how did you decide on the sequence sequencing of the songs on the album and then two like how did you how did you create this world that you have on this album, Homesick. 
Um, as far as like sequencing goes, like I usually like I get a loose idea of how many tracks I want for the project. And then when I have get around that number, I start just dropping them into an Ableton project and like, you know, just trying out arrangements, just kind of loosely throwing, okay, I think this might go into this well and this, I know I want this at the end. I know I want this at the beginning. I always know what I want as my intro song and I always yeah. know what I want my outro song before yeah. I start any arrangements. Mm-hmm. And then usually I put the hits, you know, the ones that I think might be the most accessible tend to be towards the front, but my favorite ones are the B-sides. I'm a B-sides artist, you know, so my favorite shit is always the second half of the album. And that's usually where I put the weirder stuff in if people stick around for it. But, uh, I love that. you know, um, it's like, the way that it sounds is just based off of the shit that I have on this fucking hard drive, these samples. And, you know, I've been reusing the same sounds for, and just like uh, all like the pop culture samples are all just things that are like very, that trigger specific, like funny memories from being a kid and stuff, like all very personal stuff. And uh, like, yeah, I mean, I always want the project to not feel, I don't want two songs in a row to sound the same, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that like this one, I wanted to hit it with the fucking, the, that grandiose doses I wanted to have be like the second track on the project to like, just let people know like pretty quick. Like the first song is like, just I think like 60 bars straight rapping or whatever. And then, the second one i wanted people to know that there was going to be some other shit on the project you know um by having the weird house joint uh as a second track and so that i think just i wanted to set the the energy the vibe of it being a fun project you know but Kay, i i I love the first track surname um yes there's a line on that he says it ain't no fun just staying alive i really want to thrive um and that's like that's the key to the whole thing that's the key that opens the whole thing um it's it's beautiful so i i think this is really well sequenced and like we've talked about i've talked to people about sequencing the personal songs tend to be at the back you know um and so my favorite moment with that is probably night sweats uh the beginning of night sweats I couldn't get a loan with my credit. Homies buying homes and I'm struggling with my rent, trying to be preventative of all the cracks and leaks. But as a tenant, I got to wait weeks to months for any major improvements. Um, yeah, that, that I mean, that was literally like while my, I was recording the fucking, the, the roof over my like, closet i still have the buckets in there because uh but it was leaking for like a fucking month landlords were just not sending anybody over i'm like it's like pissing fucking water in the buckets i was having to dump it like every hour and i'm just that's when i was like writing that shit and like you know i was reflecting that really brought it literally brought it home was like we talk about the fucking and then also relating to this concept of being when you're in constant grind starving artist survival mode all the time you know you don't really heal or like can afford to stop and heal the way the people who own the house who own the property can you know and so Mm. it was kind of reflecting on that where you're kind of at the mercy of your you know circumstance to be able to improve you know yeah no i i think that's a real it's because the dichotomy is still there because you're still delivering it in a very confident, almost sugar-free type of tone uh, with, but, but it's still, you're like, I think he's petting his cat. Like, you know, it's it's awesome. It's really cool to have the, you know, the confidence never wanes from the flow, but like you could be talking about some serious issues, you know, whether it's the pipeline from football players to cops, (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean that that and that's always been a thing like my my all my favorite rappers are like from the bay area 
favorite rapper of all times, Mac Dre. So like there's there's a certain like no matter how different my content may be, there always needs to have some fucking there needs to be sauce in your presence on the song. And that's that was what I, you know, made him he was fucking witty as shit, but also mm-hmm. had a presence where it's like he could say whatever the fuck, but he knew how to say it. And so you know, you could, I could say the simple dumb shit that if somebody else said it without sincerity, they would sound it would be a corny ass bar. But, <laughs> you know, sometimes I try to test like, how can I make this fucking silly ass dad joke into a fucking, you know, mm-hmm. a punchline that actually sounds hard, you know, <laughs> like the Tony Danza thing is fucking, it's hilarious. My mom straight up named me after Tony Danza. But if someone said, like, you know, who's the boss actor, you know, and like, <laughs> it's a tough Amazing. guy shit, it would have sound fucking stupid, you know? But that's what's fun is the fucking, that, that dichotomy, that balance of fucking, you know, say it with your chest, say it like, this is actually how you feel. And it you doesn't know? matter what the fuck you're saying as long as it's honest, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was talking about the cat that just started showing up at, in my back porch, we started feeding her and like, she was hella scared. Now she hangs out in the studio with me, and I don't know where she's from or if she has. <laughs> she hangs out, <laughs> you know. That's awesome. Kind of how shit goes. <laughs> no, it's there's, there's definitely like a Cheshire Cat leading you through Wonderland kind of feel to, to your narrative presence. Um, yeah, pretty awesome. And how how do you do that? How do you convert? If you had to give tips, how do you convert real life to art? Like you, you use the story of you know of the cat that you know your mother named you after Tony Danza. How does how does an artist convert like real life to to art? I think by just cutting out all the middlemen in your head with all your ideas. Like just you have to throw shit at the wall and see see what sticks, and not lie to yourself as much as possible in the process you know when i'm writing none of this shit feels like i'm like oh i'm telling a lie if i'm saying like some something hyperbolic or something you know that seems exaggerated whatever it's using language to illustrate and with art like you just you can tell the people that aren't in in tune with themselves and i just i feel like i benefit from just having a real strong connection to to my personality or my soul and uh and you know past generations influence and and just my perception is is what helps to be able to connect the bridge and i think that all all it is is just keeping an open mind and open heart and really trying to be honest in your process and like that is results will come from just doing it but it's how you approach it, you know, if you, if you actually believe what you're doing when you're doing it, you know, I can tell Ooh. a lot of people when you hear their songs, they don't even fucking believe their own bars. And they're just trying to hope that somebody that doesn't know them hears it and believes it, you know, and that I don't have to fucking worry about if I'm just talking about stuff that anybody who's been to my house can, you know, qualify, you know what I mean? So That was uh, one of the smartest things that we've heard on this show. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, because I think what you're saying is you need to give yourself permission to edit your life into the format and yeah. response, right? Like you could responsibly pick the right moments for the right times and you create a flavor out of those sequences um, that matches what you need. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, not everybody makes art from a personal place a lot of people use escapism and just having fun with fiction i respect that totally but it's not always the most sustainable thing when you have to keep pretending to be a character you know and i think it's funny because you know like uh i just I have no necessary expectations of any of the projects that I release other than hoping that they're to the best of my standards and what I need to put out for my personal growth at that time. And if it's 
if I'm getting better at producing or making mixing and making it so people can actually digest it and enjoy it, then that's dope. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, the only standards I can really qualify is if it resonates with me and every song like really means something. Every you know thing is intentional with it. That you know that's all I can do. And then in the grand scheme, like fucking you know, I plan on doing this forever so i fucking i have plenty of time you know and that's why i added the old to my name after like 12 projects because i was like i wasn't even i think i was like 28 or something at the time i was like fucking i'll just be old now why not (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing no you that's that's another part of this when i said wise as one of the descriptive words some of that is the the bars themselves and uh, the discussions of life, but some of it is just your confidence and growth. This is your 34th project. And you're like, don't worry, I got, no matter how weird things get, stay with me, I'll take it through it, you know? And that's Yeah, Yeah, and it's just so, dude, it's honestly dope because like, it's tight to hear that you actually fucking listen to the project. You know what I mean? I think that, it's like I put so much thought into all my fucking projects and everything, but because at the rate that I put shit out, people assume that it has the depth of everybody else who fucking oversaturates. And it's like, nah, this is just, I write like excessive amounts. This is just, I just make shit constantly. So it, you know, it's hard because I'm putting it out on my own pace, but I doesn't always I'm not always have time to promote or get people to catch it and it's just fucking throwing it out there and hoping that the few thousand people that interact with me online like you know catch it and share it but it's like there's so much shit that I've put so much time into that has like you know uh, have have you, have you ever experienced I mean 34 projects is a lot have you ever experienced writer's block or like you know a drought of ideas at any point? Uh, no. <laughs> oh. I mean, like, I'll take a day to fucking recharge. I have no problem <laughs> doing that. Like, but I, I, I'm really about pacing myself. And because, like, I'm a painter and shit, like, oil paintings take forever. And so if I'm not coming up with writing that I like, uh, you know, I'll just paint and just kind of meditate and get my shit together for a few hours you know but i'm doing something else creative and that helps stimulate it by still mm-hmm. being creative but doing something other than writing and that's what i figured found has been the the biggest thing to keep from falling into a real writer's block is once you start fi- finding a little bit of resistance and you're not feeling inspired just go do anything else that still uses creativity and then the writing will come back but Overall, it's like the the end goal of the writing, you know, if you're trying to just come up with good raps, it's like, that's not gonna, it's not gonna be a good song. It's, you've gotta, it's gotta have at least something to, to prop it. And that usually has to come from some sort of emotion. And the more in tune with the complexity of your emotions, the more different types of slightly different prompts you can have for songs. And, you know, I think that because I'm constantly thinking about writing and thinking about describing what I'm experiencing, that helps just have a, you know, I have a lot of starts for it, but um, I just love writing. So that's, I just do it a fucking lot. And I, I, I have songs and then, you know, and then if I have a beat that I can make that works for it, then, then great. But yeah, I mean, I think it's all intention. Like, if you want to paint, you paint. If you want to write, you write. If you want to rap, then rap. Like, there's nothing else to it because no one's putting a gun to your head to do any of this shit or mm. fucking <laughs> most of the people that, you know, really want to do something creative, they don't have a whole lot of outside pressure. And then, you know, when it's just you, it's just like, if it's not coming, then tap into something. I always tell like 
friends that if they're trying to think of something around, I'm like, just fixate on a very specific moment and just describe one thing about that scene. Right. One thing, doesn't have to be anything beautiful, whatever, just right. something specific. You know, the hummingbird stuck around at this flower for longer than than I've ever seen stick around, you know? Right. Go yeah. off of that, you know? There could be any little thing and and that's it. And sometimes I think that, you know, lack of- Plant yourself somewhere, right? Yeah. What? You gotta plant yourself somewhere, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Give yourself something that, that, that puts you in a moment and then go from there. Cause it can, all you need is just that, that those for me it's usually just i need to hear how a couple words in a pattern work out and then that triggers some something that rhymes and then it unlocks you know but whatever i've encountered people with writer's block because i've never had writer's block is it's been people who haven't learned to love their failures enough like these are all children of your brain whatever you're producing right yeah you have to love the children you know you can't you don't love that one because it's a hit and dislike that one because it's it didn't take its final form. You, once you love all of what you were trying to do and can discern, then it becomes fun to keep doing it and keep shaping it and keep improving. Yeah, I I, I have a line on Homesick that's like, yeah, I think uh, these poems are just proof I'm living in case enough kids of my own. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, that is a good point. You know, it's like really being afraid to fail is that's what's going to clog your whole shit up. And so I just fucking keep it moving, man. But if you're not tapped in with like yourself in a, in a real way, you're not going to make dope shit. And so (laughs) if, if the art's not coming, there's way more shit that's more important. You got to work on, you know? If the art is a successful outlet and you can figure out a way to be honest with yourself and and use the art as a tool, fantastic. But if you're feeling like you're forcing it, you're just fucking wasting time. Go do something healthy, you know? Yeah, I'm not looking for trouble. I'm seeking better questions. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay, yeah. um, yeah. yeah. what do you... Give me a song on here that you that was like a personal moment for you where you're like, wow, you were surprised to live in that personal moment. I mean, I, I loved con- connecting. Connecting was my yep. That That's one true. was my my favorite. That one that was the one that most resonated with me. Um, I mean the whole the whole sequence connecting, brown rabbit. Uh, yep. And then in, incomprehensible. Those were my three favorite tracks. Nice. Uh, off of the off of the album. Yeah, I've just really started. The more I listen to it, to really love 10, 11, 12 as well. Reappearing Reaper, really good stuff on death, mm-hmm. uh, and morning stretches and night sweats. The yeah, the kind of beautiful fading of this album is, is really cool. Cool. Yeah, I, I like that you guys like the the ones in the sea, the second half of the album, you know? Yeah. I told you the, the better, the, uh, the the heavier ones are in the second half. So I, I did have a question. The time travel triple four, what is the significance of that? Because I'm looking at the cover now. Um, so like uh, 444, Time Travel 444 is like the label that, you know, I've just put out all my stuff underneath since mm-hmm. I started playing music. And uh, it was Time Travel was always, Time Travel is the name of my first EP. And it was always just like, it was a concept that I just kind of really latched on as as part of the Grape God, you know, uh, mythology or whatever. And uh it's just that is an important part of the theme, you know, seeing maintaining a connection to the past while pushing it forward, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the 444 is that's like something my mom would always like point out to me when I was growing up is like a sign of like, uh, you know, we are on the right path and and things like that. And then so that was always, you know, 
I had, you know, that was my first tattoo. I think I tatted fucking time travel full 44 on my knees, like before I was even rapping and stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, I put out uh, an album called 444 four years before Jay-Z did. And it was all part of my fucking, you know, branding or whatever, but I was, everything was 444. Um, and then one day he fucking drops that shit and I've seen these billboards. I'm like, what the fuck? And I was, <laughs> my friends are texting me and they're like, did you sign a major deal and not tell me? And I was like, nope, definitely not me. <laughs> uh, that was a whole thing. But that was a, you know, that was a, uh, that was a learning experience that like, I couldn't be too attached to something that could be taken from me. And mm-hmm. so that's where I was like, I have to really fucking, okay, so one of the, the biggest rappers of all time takes this theme, that thing that means a lot to me, huge theme. Now it's completely blown up and I never got to tell it from my perspective and what it meant for me before it became something that became, uh, you know, a household number or whatever, a, a pop culture thing. Uh, but it, it forced me to be like, okay, do I go down the path of like being like, you know, oh, it's just ruined, this is upset, or do I just fucking lean into it even fucking more? And so, you know, people know that I did that shit first and then it actually did <laughs> something. And uh, I don't fucking, you know, he doesn't care about it. It was just, it was just one album for him. This is a whole life thing. So, uh, you know, that's cool. But yeah, it. I guess it, it helps to have something that, you know, I have to explain more, I guess, you know. Yeah, man. No, that's, yeah, you're right. Diversify yourself. Don't depend too much on one thing, then you'll, you know. Yeah, because there's always going to be people biting, even, you know, inadvertently or advertently. It's just yeah. fucking, right. no one can do, no one's trying to make any of the shit that I'm trying to make, so. No. No, the uh, yeah, no, that's that's cool. I I appreciate it. I think it's it's one of my favorite projects of the year, and that is not hyperbole. I keep a running Google Doc, and this this album just won't go away. It, oh, yeah. It's climbing uh, because it's so different, so different. Um, yeah. So. Well, thank you. I'm really glad that you know. People give a chance. <laughs> and it seems like you got more coming on the horizon, so I'm excited yeah. about that as well. Yeah, Let's big take... flowers and Ooh, big flowers. Oh. That's the next that's the next one. We got a project produced by him and then uh one with Paint Soup, uh, which is me and my homie Slick Devious. That we already did two of those in the we the last one was like four years ago. Yep. And another one, and uh, my guy Eric Fury, we're doing a brush out of glass. So, those are the three for sure. And then I have a couple more for later. It's going to be a long year. <laughs> you know, might as well get working. Absolutely. Uh, we will follow you, man. The, uh, Absolutely. No, it's, it's, there's some great stuff on here. Uh, and yeah, marvelous shit talking. The, Got to wear a dress so my, so my balls will hang low. It's wonderful. <laughs> uh, you know, it's all kinds of great shit here, man. Um, I, I appreciate you. Uh, yeah. Okay, do you have anything else? Or should we go to Recommendation Quarter? No, man. I, I said I really appreciate I really appreciate this talk. I think you gave a, a lot of great wisdom uh, cool. in the past hour. And I, I mean, I really appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I'm always... Dude, I always fucking happy to talk about this type of stuff, you know. Love it. And then, and I'm I'm interested to see where you go go in the future, man. Like it's awesome. Oh, thank you. No, it's and one of so this kind of ties in the left field stuff kind of ties into my dilemma, which is so as someone who has blogged for over 10 years and done this for a while. I've never really cared about the difference between pop music and underground music. If it's good, it's good. And I listen to it and that's it. Right. So, but there's a lot of albums that are popular because the artist is popular. 
and they're kind of riding oh, yeah. the wave, right? And they're just like, oh man, I love album X. And I'm like, hey, it's fine, you know? But like, yeah. if this was somebody you'd never heard of, I don't think you'd like it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so for me, just to talk about it, like uh, the Benny the Butcher album is pretty good. It's not great for me. The Conway is okay. I'm, uh, I'd much rather listen to two albums I'd recommend. Um, one just came out yesterday uh, called Situationist colon Stolen Art Part 3 by Juggernaut. Jugga colon N-A-U-T. Uh, UKMC. It's actually a lot of the beats, I think he produced it himself and a lot of the beats are very disco funky. Nice. I love it. I think it's awesome. I need to check that out. Very cool. Juggernaut is so dope. Uh, great with hooks. Just great fundamentals, you know. Um, and one of the people who just never loses that. And the other one is Frank by Fly Anakin. Fly Anakin is very uh, prolific, you know. And when it comes to being prolific, it's up to us to make sure we hear the difference between something you spend a lot of time on and something you fed the streets with, right? So Frank, he spent time on that. That's, that's beautiful. It's really focused, really driven, um, you know, some great people on there, you know, evidence produced on it, you know, uh, like from Pac Div, Mad Lib. Uh, yeah, just, yeah, Pink Sifu's on it, Nicholas F., yeah, why well, dope. So that's uh, kind of what I've been doing. Checking that. That's exciting. I'm excited for you to work with Big Flowers. Big Flowers is is awesome. Uh, so that's that's cool. Yeah, we got. I mean, we got. Yeah, we got. We got a lot on deck. So beautiful. Yeah, it's be dope. More so, shit. Great God, do you have any recommendations for the people? Anything to listen to? Oh man! <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Um, no limitations. Just, Old, new, whatever you want. Yeah, uh, even movies. We do movies sometimes. Yeah. TV shows, whatever. Listen to uh, Prince's uh, Crystal Ball tape. Uh, that one oh. I think is underappreciated. And uh, truth. You gotta gotta go with the truth, and just listen to a lot of 10 CC. You know, mm. as much 10 CC as you can. That's beautiful. And those are my two recommendations for right now. That was probably would be been my recommendation at this time last year. <laughs> I have yeah, a bunch of homies that do music, but I uh, am just blanking on who put out stuff recently. You know. Yeah. But anybody you see on any of my projects, I 100% vouch for. So, yeah, there's somebody. There's somebody I wanted to shout out on one of your projects. I'm gonna find. Uh, but okay, go look up Old Grape God on YouTube and find his cover of "I Would Die for You." Mm. Awesome, fun stuff. So, person in your crew, I would shout out. Or I don't know if this person's in your crew, but it's all over a project. Snugsworth. Oh yeah. Snugsworth killed it on the four 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 mixtape. Yeah, they did a ton of production on there. Yep. Shout out. Yeah, they're you. hanging out a bunch. Then um, we haven't really. We we we're not really uh, uh, have been kicking it. I guess since the pandemic started, but um. But yeah, we made a ton of shit. I learned a lot from them, um, awesome. and they're they're super talented. They produce fucking Shaba. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, Shabba. the mixtape series was a fun time. Yeah, worked with like sixty artists during that time. So, oh, just yeah, getting in the room. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, you, uh, what do you recommend? You got the. Uh, no, it's been a slow week. I don't have any any new recommendations this week. 
You enjoying the winning time? The Jerry Jerry Bus throwing stuff all. Or See, I have I haven't even started that yet. How? What do you think about it? It's it's shot differently. It's it's the camera shoot the way they shoot. It's like four different types of camera work happening, and it switches. It's so it's so interesting. There's nothing that looks like it. Um, okay, I'm gonna check that out tonight. Then. John C. Riley is is really good as Jerry Buzz. <laughs> It's right. really good, but it's uh, I'm interested to see how it goes. I've seen the first episode. I'm, I'm yeah. interested to see. I'm just I'm just enjoying watching this train wreck of the Lakers season right now. So, um, that's <laughs> that's that would be my recommendation if you can catch a Lakers game. Catch it uh, while you can. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's just it's fascinating to watch. Yup. Yup. <laughs> that's it. Yup. Stay active. Tell you people you love them. 